with a vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today we're talking about managing work stress. Heather, what are some of your stresses as a counselor? I think they're different from time to time, but right now one of the main stresses is I'm in private practice. That does afford me a great deal of flexibility, but it also has me thinking about things that I didn't have in a clinical setting, like bills, insurance, what the waiting room looks like, do we need to order more snacks for the workroom? Those are stresses that supervisees don't have to think about. Most of the time right. in an agency. Right. Um, when you work for an agency, someone else helps you take care of those things. It's kind of nice. Absolutely. What about you? Well, I'm in private practice also, so I think I think about some of those same things. Um, I also find myself feeling stress related to my clients. I have quite a few clients with higher needs. Uh, so that means that sometimes I'm assessing if clients need a higher level of care. I'm, I need to think about, can they make it to my session? Right. Um, So sometimes those things impact my level of stress, Uh, a stress that I know some of my supervisees feel and then I kind of feel it with them are that they are worried about getting enough hours. And they're want they're wanting to hurry through their hours so that they can get to a point where they're making more money, maybe where they have more flexibility and they can prioritize other things going on in their lives. I think that's a big stressor. I also think with supervisees, knowing how to manage your client load can be a big stressor. They want to Mm. race and do as many as they can, but they also kind of have a little bit of a microscope syndrome, meaning that like they're worried about maybe pleasing their supervisor, but also doing what they're supposed to be doing for their client. Sure. I think that's applicable to you and I and people in private practice that you can get the feeling that if I saw more clients, I would make more money. Yes. Or you, you can feel stress that maybe a client wants something from you that you feel like might be asking too much, or you might have a hard time managing with the other things that you have going on. So I, I think that that's a stress that lots of counselors can feel. Right. Heather and I read Counseling Today cover stories, Help Wanted, Managing Work Stress. And in the article, the characteristics dissatisfied, disconnected, and underappreciated were named as kind of symptoms that you might feel when you're when you have a lot of work stress heather when are t- time that you felt dissatisfied disconnected or underappreciated in the past i think i can think of quite a few but one that primarily sticks out the most is when i was working in a clinical setting i was trying to balance clinical setting work with being a young mom and then also trying to work in an agency that i did a lot of volunteer work for and finding the balance was really hard and I started realizing that I was dissatisfied with the whole picture. Oh, like the whole, like the combination of all of those things. Right. That combination was far too much to try and it, it, there was no work-life balance. It was just mm. all a tightrope all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I can remember a time when I felt really disconnected. It was actually an agency that I loved working for. I really enjoyed the clients that I got to see. I enjoyed the, I actually did feel like I had work-life balance, but I think to gain all of those things, 
I was really disconnected from the other staff, the other ah. people that worked in the agency. I kind of came and went. Um, there wasn't a lot of time where I ran into people right. or sat and talked to anyone. Um, I found myself hanging around the break room trying to catch people. Right. Just because you needed to talk to like mm-hmm. another adult that sure. you could yeah. have conversation with. Um, and, and so that was something that probably kept me from staying there longer, that I just didn't feel a real connection with the other people that I worked with. Right. Uh, I can think of a time where I was very, very, or at least felt very underappreciated. Mm-hmm. I was balancing multiple programs within an agency um, and multiple people within an agency. And I just felt like no matter what I did, there was always the next thing that needed to be done. And there was so much behind the scenes work that really wasn't appreciated that mm-hmm. setting up for groups and not just the actual physical setting up for groups, like moving some desks and chairs mm-hmm. around, but like also balancing the needs of the facilitators coming in and different things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, Heather, I can imagine a counselor also feeling dissatisfied and disconnected doing those tasks. Right. That there are plenty of counselors who wouldn't enjoy a, a, a role where they were supervising or more administrative. That's not what they got into counseling for. Right. And even being asked to do those types of tasks, they would almost instantly feel like this isn't what I set out to do. Uh, and I think that that happens to a lot of counselors as we move through our careers, we move into positions that potentially could be more administrative than counseling. And we end up feeling like we're not doing the thing we wanted to do or the thing we're trained to do. Right. And I think that's sometimes what leads a lot of people to shift into private settings. Mm-hmm. Heather, when are some times when you could see dissatisfied, disconnected, or underappreciated in your supervisees? The newer the supervisee is, maybe they haven't got their flow down yet. Mm -hmm. So they might really feel disconnected if they haven't found their groove within an agency yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Balancing office politics with Mm. knowing what my supervisor says and then what my on-site supervisor says. Right. I I think I'm smiling because I, I have run into so many supervisees who have put their foot in their mouth, Right. said something, done something that was really not okay with the agency culture. And it was a sign of feeling really disconnected. Right. They didn't know how to relate to the other people around them. They didn't, they didn't catch on or didn't see or understand the expectation. And it makes for a really difficult work environment for them, but for other people too. I can Remember some times where counselors that I've been supervising have also felt really dissatisfied that maybe through their education and with the experience that they have so far, what the the agency that they're working at or what they've been asked to do is not what they think is counseling. Right. Or they think they would like to do more in some way. Yes. And that can happen so quickly. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I think, too, sometimes it, it can reflect uh, on their own boundaries, their desire to, like, the role that they see themselves in sometimes. So uh, maybe an opportunity for learning. Right. So what are some signs, when you're supervising someone, what are some signs that you see actually in supervision that you might notice a, a supervisee feeling dissatisfied, disconnected, or, or underappreciated? Sometimes it might be just very physical observation. The way they walk into my office, the way normally maybe they're really put together and today they didn't do their hair or their makeup or they kind of slump on the couch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you do then? 
So someone comes in and, and they look and you, they walk in and you think something is not going right today. Right. I mean, I usually have pretty good rapport with my supervisees to go, Hey, what was that? Or what's wrong? Or do you need a blanket? And then it usually starts a mm-hmm. conversation more about what's really going on with them. Oh, so you like right out of the gate, you want to meet their immediate needs. Pretty much. I don't usually let it go because I feel like if I ignore it, maybe I'm adding to the stress. Mm, okay. So if you breeze past it, you're not, I mean, you're, you're minimizing what they're experiencing and you maybe miss an opportunity to find out more. Right. Mm-hmm. I can think of one time someone that came in um, to see me for um, a session actually, but it relates to being in a, a clinical setting either way, but they came in and the way they set was so tense. They were on the end of the couch, not sitting back against the pillows. They kept checking their watch. So I knew something else was pressing. And that time I didn't address it immediately. It took some time to develop. But I asked them later in the session, is everything okay? Is something else going on today? And really what it was is traffic had been horrible. And they had Mm -hmm. another doctor's appointment Mm -hmm. to follow up with. And it was just the stress of, am I going to leave this office on time to get to my doctor Mm -hmm. to take care of my needs? I have a... I have experienced a lot of supervisees that feel like that is something that's not for supervision, that they don't want to bring into supervision. It's a distraction. It's not about counseling. And uh, I really work to help them appreciate that it absolutely is about counseling and it does affect their experience and the way that they interact with their clients. Right. It can be tricky to help a supervisee learn to monitor that, like self-monitor that Mm -hmm. for what's happening. Like, okay, I'm feeling this way. So is that a reflection of what's happening when I'm doing counseling? Um, So I know sometimes that I pick up on a a supervisee that is not connected or feeling underappreciated. Um, Times when they ask me repeatedly, maybe, but what do I do? Oh, where they're stuck. Mm -hmm. They really get. But what do I do now? Right. What am I supposed to do? Um, I think that to me, that's a signal that they're feeling disconnected from their client. Right. Um, I think it also, to me, maybe signifies that in some way they feel underappreciated or undervalued in the work that they're doing, that they really want a result or an outcome right. to show I am a great counselor. I think often when they're searching for that, it can reveal some insecurities in those different things that they may be experiencing uh, using different worksheets. I know a lot of interns like to fall back on like a game plan, like they want a curriculum. Oh, mm-hmm. And sometimes that doesn't fit what you need in the session. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if they are coming to you looking for the to-do list. How do I check things off? How do I right. know for sure that I'm doing a good job to you? Is, and I'm saying for myself too, is kind of an indicator that they're not, they're feeling a work stress and it could be related to like their connectedness, their feeling of accomplishment within a session. Absolutely. Some other signs that I pick up on, on supervisees, when I think that they're having a lot of stress, frustration in supervision, sometimes frustration with me. Okay. Sometimes like that hurry, that feeling of I, I need to hurry. Right. So I think sometimes that's where the frustration with me might come that I'm asking them to slow down and reflect and maybe go back through some steps. Let's go back and case conceptualize this client before we think about what we're going to, what worksheet we want to use. Um, and that that can be frustrating. That's to me, right. a way that I pick up on their feeling other stresses. Absolutely. Um, this past week, uh, meeting with my supervisees, I think that I saw some of this 
just in their, the way that they presented themselves physically, the way that you describe it, maybe they're not as perky, not as talkative. Uh, Maybe their body language is showing me that they're tired. And I think that this week specifically, uh, that stress had a lot to do with the changes that are happening within our profession. Absolutely. Moving to telehealth, um, concern about health and safety. You're correct. I think also maybe doing telehealth is brand new and that can Mm -hmm. be stressful because technology doesn't always work the way we want it to work, Mm -hmm. but then also helping them be calm to talk their clients through being calm. And if it doesn't work, you have a backup plan and putting Mm -hmm. all of those procedures in place can be, can be tricky. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there is a lot to learn for all of us. We're all figuring the, a lot of these things out as we go um, and working to to provide a good service to clients at the same time. So you mentioned monitoring or helping our supervisees have awareness of this themselves and then addressing it in supervision. Um, and, we, and we talked a bit about ha- helping our supervisees to have that awareness, bringing it up in supervision, helping them to appreciate that it really does impact their super, their counseling and supervision, maybe more than they knew. How do you, in supervision, help them to continue to monitor that, stay on top of it? I think one of the things I ask them to reflect on in supervision is how hard are they working and the why behind it? Because if they feel like they're working really, really hard and they're putting in all these extra efforts And maybe they're working with a client or a population of clients that doesn't really work as hard as they're working. That's going to bring on that unsatisfied or underappreciated feeling very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I think teaching that in supervision that like, hey, I'm seeing this in you, maybe. How could you address it with clients that were feeling this way? Allows them to kind of grasp it, almost like role modeling in Mm -hmm. the session. So asking them to reflect on their their own emotions, their own reactions, and no, and really acknowledging that there's no way that's not somehow finding its right. way into their counseling right. sessions. I think so. I, 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 of course, always want to go in that direction first, helping them to have that awareness in a therapeutic way. Um, I think sometimes I have gotten to a point with supervisees where, um, Heather, you and I have said before, probably our style of supervision is, um, more humanistic, but we, in different situations, we become more directive. I, I have there been times where you've become more directive given the, the situation or a need? Absolutely. I think that it's important to consider what that supervisee is going through, like in their personal life. You need to know a little piece of their personal world to know what else is happening so you can give them that reflection and just say, hey, mm-hmm. this isn't working for you right now. Why? Right. I think that's important. We hadn't mentioned that, that taking time to know what's happening in their worlds, taking time to know um, the other things that are affecting them is important. And uh, like I said, I think sometimes supervisees don't think that that needs to be part of supervision. And they might even sometimes try to keep that out of supervision. But it's important to know what other stressors they have going on in their life, what other things are impacting them. I had a supervisee that was Uh, engaged and I knew she was engaged, but I did not realize that her wedding was three months away and she was in full wedding planning mode every hour outside of her counseling time. And I finally asked one day, so when's your wedding? 
because something mm-hmm, came up mm-hmm. kind of casually and she was, you know, like 11 weeks, five days and, you know, gave me the breakdown. Two was, hours, right. six minutes, 30 <laughs> seconds. And I was like, oh, now's the time we need to address that. And we need to talk about a couple different things and, and just give her a minute to decompress because truly that does impact if you have something, all those, it can be fun planning a big event like that. It can also be very, very stressful. Mm-hmm. I try to do that intentionally and make it part of a routine of my supervision that I start out with housekeeping issues, right. paperwork timing, side. scheduling yeah. things, right? Get that out of the way quickly, move on to what's going on for us personally that might be influencing our sessions or our supervision, and then move on to some clinical questions that we can work through together. Right. That's the same flow I use. Mm -hmm. I think there have been times where knowing those things, knowing all the different pieces going on, um, sometimes as an accountability partner, I um, say, okay, I'm going to do this for you in the next week. Or I ask them, okay, I, what can you do in the next week to help address this situation? So maybe um, I realize that I've got a supervisee that has over time taken on a really large amount of clients okay, and recognizing that that's just not reasonable for them or maybe any counselor ever and that they need to back off of that. Um, And knowing that that might not be possible to make that happen immediately. Correct. But asking them to start to make steps towards making that happen and holding them accountable to it for themselves and for their counsel or for their clients. Right. Having a game plan and then checkpoints along the way that allow Mm -hmm. you to know that they still have that in their mind. They are working towards it. This might be something that needs to happen over months of time, but this is what I'm doing. I've told my clinical supervisor, I cannot take any more direct clients or Mm -hmm. I, I have a plan to do these things in session that help these clients. I think in those situations, I find that I am talking them through, supporting them through, sometimes making decisions that they think that they can't make, that they're uncomfortable with making, that they are fearful, won't have a positive outcome. Right. Um, but I also, looking at all the things that we've talked about um, and how what an impact stress can have on our counseling, um, we're talking about that it needs to happen, that they can't continue at the pace that they're at or they can't continue with the things that they're doing and expect that it will get better without them making a decision. Absolutely. I think sometimes we really have to mentor that process. Mm-hmm. I think that it can be tricky for supervisees to figure that out. And often they may not recognize it until they're in too deep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, So those are times, that's a time for me, at least when I am monitoring by asking them to do something uh, so that in a supportive way, they've got accountability that I'm helping them. I don't want the, sometimes the change to drag on too long. They really need a change for their own mental health and for their clients. Right. Um, Can you think of any other time or any other way that you might monitor a supervisee's stress with them? I think often I start a session with the same things we talked about, housekeeping, and then how, how are things going for you, whether they're finishing up school or whether they're uh, just personal life, what, what's going on with them to kind of have a connection. But then, you know, sometimes their outside work of supervision might look like, um, did you take care of yourself this week? You talked about mm. going out to dinner with a friend. Did you do that? You know, following up with whatever we left off on to kind of not only give them the hey, that's important too message, but then also just to see that they can follow through. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's a big piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'd love to talk more about self-care and counseling. I think it's a it's an idea that we all appreciate and none of us really know how to implement it that well. Right. Um, so it definitely is something that then needs monitoring and follow-up and supervision. Well, thanks guys. Today we talked about uh, managing work stress and our own, but also helping a supervisee to manage their work stress. Thank you for joining Supervision with a Vision. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.